The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 154. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I am half asleep, man. I have two children and I've never been so tired. I have a five-year-old and a recent four-year-old and I have never been more tired than I am right now. What it's- happened? I got three hours and like, I think it's 52 minutes worth of sleep last night for no good goddamn reason. None. None whatsoever. Weren't staying up gaming or anything like that? In bed, couldn't fall asleep, had a movie on thinking like I could put a movie on, just have that going mm-hmm. and like fall asleep to that. My wife was gone camping uh, and so I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I assume the fact that she wasn't there just threw me right off. Like she's always around. We're always together. The fact that she was there threw me right off. I could, I, four o'clock in the morning, I finally fell asleep. Eight o'clock, I kind of rolled out of bed because uh, I can hear my kids kind of rustling in their rooms. Gotcha. So, yeah, maybe I feel like that's a thing, right? If your spouse leaves for a little bit of time and you're not used to sleeping alone, or I feel like that's a thing. Am I making that I'm up? I'm also a real big chicken. I'm a huge chicken. <laughs> like, the what is it the paranormal not the paranormal is it paranormal activity i think so where like the <laughs> demon comes in or whatnot oh, yeah. anyways yes, yes 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 those ones the first one lost my I, every time i hear a creak i'm like that stupid woman's gonna show up and like just be there and like, i'm already getting my 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 goosebumps are showing like i'm already like oh my god i'm in flight mode already and i'm sitting <laughs> here in my basement Plus, my dog wasn't around, and like I know that if anyone comes in the house, he will lose his mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I didn't have that like early warning system. And yeah, we, yeah. we have we have an alarm on the door, but for some reason, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And the company that services it are like, eh, yeah, you're just going to have to buy a new one. It's a year old. It's a year old. Don't buy a cube, I think is what it's called. Just don't get one of those. Oh, my God. Yeah, so brutal night in the Anderson household, it sounds like. <laughs> just for me. My kids slept like babies. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Well, nothing like that going on over here on Long Island. I was just telling you before we got started, it was a uh, a hot one here today. So um, pretty much spent the day by the pool. And uh, other than that, yeah, it's just pretty much hanging. Perfect. So l- should we talk about uh, maybe some hockey? I think there's hockey going on right now. Yeah, maybe the reason why you couldn't sleep because you were so amped up that hockey was finally back. I thought about that, and that could very well be true. Like, man, I was so hyped after yesterday. So we had the game, not only just yesterday, but the day before, right? We had three games before that, and then we have four mm-hmm. or five games the day after on, on the on Wednesday. 
Oh my! And then Islanders hockey, of course. It's just, I, I, it took me at least till one o'clock to come down off of that high, uh, and then I just stayed up mm-hmm. another three hours for no good goddamn reason. No, I was right there with you after we did the post game stuff, um, which if you haven't checked out, it's patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you post game podcast, mailbag shows, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm sure we'll plug that later too. But just we, we were able to do the post game show, and it felt awesome just to get back into the swing of things over there, obviously. Uh, but for me, I was just excited to have hockey back. And with the game yesterday, I guess we'll start there. We'll talk about the game and just overall takeaways from that and maybe how we can transition to the series against Florida. But when you were watching that game yesterday, Mitch, what were some things that stuck out to you where you're like, oh, okay, this is either a good thing or a bad thing. Let's get the let's get into it. Um, I don't want to go negative yet because I know where we're going to go negative wise and we'll, we'll get there. Um, but positive spin zone, at, at least to start off, okay. the Islanders played their game. They played the game yep. that they wanted to play, that they've been playing all year long, and, and they showed us exactly what happens when they do that. If they play their game and they can stick to it, Jesus Murphy, it's hard to beat them. It's real hard to beat them. Ask Artemi Panarin. Yeah, it's not. It, you're 100% right. They they played a typical Islanders game. Like, that's what they want to do. When they're at their best, they're playing like that. And granted, they only scored two goals. Like, the offense wasn't particularly great, and we'll get into that. But for starting with the positives, of course, that was a very, very, very New York Islanders, like, on-brand performance. And to me, that was just a little bit of a sigh of relief because we saw how poorly the season ended. I know that was, like, forever ago at this point, but <laughs> still, losing seven games in a row is a brutal way to end your season. And I guess that was the last thing in my mind. So now when we get this, and I know it's a preseason, well, preseason or exhibition, whatever you want to call it. So it doesn't really count. But just to see the Islanders play their game and what they are looking to do in the playoffs and execute was enough for me. And like We can say it doesn't count, and it doesn't. There's no points awarded. Uh, it's not a game in a series. But the fact that there's a fight in that game shows that they were competing, right? Like, usually when we say, oh, games don't matter, it's because they're, they're not trying, right? Like, the All-Star yeah, yeah. game doesn't really matter because they're not trying. Right. They were trying in this game. And mo- more on that fight later in terms of negativity, not in terms of the Islanders, but just of this game specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's good to see. And, and we wanted to see that from them because you want... It's great to play against your own guys, and you're still competing because you want roster spots and whatnot. But when it's different when there's a team in a different colored jersey on the other side of the ice. Mm-hmm. You try that much harder. Like It, it, it matters. Uh, and, and they showed that they can play against this team and that they can play their, their style. It took them a few minutes, but they figured it out. And the reason I brought up Artemi Panarin is because they were able to shut him down. He played 22 minutes more than anyone on the Rangers team. Next up was Zabinijad with 20:55. He played 22 minutes, has zero shots on goal, a negative one, two giveaways and a takeaway. He was a net negative on the ice, at least statistically, for the Rangers. And this is a Hart Trophy candidate. Right. No, absolutely. And that's definitely something that... You could take away as a as a positive again, like we said, the, the, there's no points awarded. But when you're able to take away the best player, and like you said, Hart nomination, like this this guy is legitimate a legitimate stud, no doubt about it. Put up a ton of points in the regular season, and you didn't hear his name too much. Granted, he was on the ice a lot, but you didn't hear his name too much. And same with Zibanejad, 
And that one-two punch is very, very good. Yes, the Rangers have their flaws and they finish below the Islanders and like we know that, but that is still a really, really good offensive team and they were phenomenal outside of one mistake late in the third period. Right there, yeah, that one dumb mistake, and even then, I blame Doc Emmerich on that one. That's a dumb. <laughs> that's a Doc Emmerich fault. If you don't know, he said shut out before uh, 16 minutes into the third period. Why do you say that? And not just like he used the word shut out. He's like, oh, are they gonna get the shut out? Oh, here's how me me describing a sandwich artistically. Come on, man. Like, don't say shut out. Just just keep that word out of your damn mouth. Anyway, regardless, uh, another positive is that we saw Adam Pellick uh, mm-hmm. didn't look phased at all. No. Right, like we saw Simeon Varlamov flub the puck at the beginning. You know, he had to get his hockey legs under him, and we talked about that in the, in the post game with the patrons. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like Adam Pellick needed that, even though no. he missed not five months, not six months, seven months. Right, because he was out since January. Yeah, I think it was January second he got hurt. That's right. So he missed seven months of hockey, and it didn't look like he missed a step, which is awesome because we need him bad. Yeah, the Islanders desperately need him, and I'm glad you brought him up because I thought he played well. Like you said, he's not necessarily someone who, if you watch the Islanders, you're going to be like, oh, my God. Like, he he stood out. Like, he was the guy who was the biggest presence. He kind of does, like, the quiet things that don't get recognized as much, which is which is fair. I mean, you're not going to necessarily look towards, well, how was Adam Pellick shutting down the other team? I mean, it, it's important, but it's just not what gets talked about the most, which I think is fair to say. But he was very good. And overall, I think the Islanders' defense, the, just all of them who played in the game, they, were, they had eight. They, yeah, they had eight yesterday, eight, right? Yep. yep. They, all, they all looked pretty solid. Well, I'll say six looked very solid. Two were shaky. And those two are probably still going to start, though. Right. And we'll get to the negatives. Maybe we can transition into that now instead of like 10 minutes of just, oh, let's get all the positives out of the way, huh? A love fest. It was great. It was great. They won. Won. Uh, but negative, Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty did not look great. They, they looked okay, but they were overshadowed by every single other defenseman on the Islanders team. Yeah, I definitely would say they were the worst pair. And... Like you said, they weren't awful by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't look at their games and was like, oh, that was terrible. It's just the other three pairs were just that much better. Um, And the pair that's probably going to be the scratch pad, Andy Green and uh, Noah Dobson, I thought were really solid, Mitch. I liked how they played a lot. They were. They complemented each other uh, well. A lefty, a righty, a veteran, a, a rookie. Um, offense, defense, right? Like the yin and yang flow of a defensive pairing float or worked well with Andy Green and Noah Dobson. And we saw that, right? Like the headman play by uh, by um, Noah Dobson, not Noah Dobson, sorry, Andy Green to right. Anthony Beauvillier for that, that first one. Oh my God, what a play. Uh, Dobson gets a secondary assist there. Uh, but they were just solid in their own end and they were good going forward, right? When they saw an opportunity, they took it. They found the hole and they scored. And that, that's the Islanders way. That's how they, they work. Uh, without any more talent on this team, that's what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they looked really good. And you're right. They're probably not going to play against the Florida Panthers. They, they might find their way here and there, which we'll, we'll get to when we get to the lineup for mm-hmm. the Florida Panthers. But I, I, you're right. Like Nick Letty and, and Johnny Boychuk are going to be uh, pair number three, even though that's not the right call, I think. Um but they're, they're, it's going to be them. It, it, you can't 
tell me that Barry Trotz is going to say, Nick Letty, Johnny Boychuk, and your $11.5 million worth of money. Sit down, please. We got to call this Noah Dobson kid up. Right. And I think that's completely fair how you worded it and probably spot on. Well, I would say that they definitely, they being the uh, Dobson and Green pair, definitely looked better. I would be stunned if they decided to scratch Letty and Boychuk. Based on everything that... Lou Lamarillo, Barry Trotz, all of them have preached and done. That would be shocking to play a, what, 20-year-old Noah Dobson? Is he even 20 yet? Is he still 19? Uh, he's 20. He turned 20 in January, I believe. Don't quote me on the on the date, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's 20 because he's AHL eligible. Right. So the, the point is they, they're not going to not play someone with that Boychuk has a ton of playoff experience. Letty has a ton of playoff experience. They Both value got rings, baby. Exactly. They value that. That's part of the reason why I think, and we'll get into the lineup in a second, but that's part of the reason why I think Tom Kunakel is going to play in the lineup is because of his experience, especially in the playoffs. Both Lamarillo and Trotz value that kind of stuff. So there, there's no way that Noah Dobson's getting into the lineup. No, I, I, not at all. I, I don't think so, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to the lineup there. Mm-hmm. Um, one more negative, the power play. Yeah. The power oh, my God, the power play. So the first two, I guess, right at the beginning of the game, because they had a five-on-three briefly, and then about a minute and a half, and it went back to uh, the, the regular um, – Five-on-four. Five-on-four, yeah. I don't know why I was blanking on that. Um, <laughs> stupid. I'm not, again, not a math podcast. Happened. I'm working on three and a half hours of sleep-ish. <laughs> like, it's fine. So the first two looked okay. They were moving the puck around, I thought, with a purpose. Like, it looked like they they were moving it well. Um, they probably could have shot a little bit more if you're nitpicking, but it didn't look bad. Like, I, I, I thought, okay, maybe we're going to see a new look power play. And then the last three kind of completely regressed to what we saw during the regular season. And when you go 0 for 5 on the power play, that it's going to stick out. It is. And the first one was great. They mm-hmm. moved the, the puck with poise and purpose. They moved it quickly and crisply, and they got shots off. They didn't hit the net a whole lot of times, but that doesn't yeah. necessarily matter on a power play. You're trying to move players out of the way, uh, and if you get a shot towards the net, they're going to try to go towards the puck, thus leaving right the form, the, the geometric shape that they're trying to form in the defensive zone, whether that's a triangle, uh, a square, or anything of the sorts. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be a triangle. It would be a, a diamond. Diamond, um, yeah. If you shoot, they will move out of the way to try to recover the puck, and that's where you have these openings, and that's where they start scrambling. Mm-hmm. And that's where they got some of their opportunities on that first one. But then just like you said, perfectly, slowly as the game progressed and as the opportunities amassed, that stopped being the MO of the New York Islanders' power play. I don't know what the hell happened. They, they seem to be okay getting in these in the zone, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see the super dump, although maybe I wasn't paying attention that well. Um, but I didn't see it, or at least it didn't make me mad. Uh, they were gaining the zone well enough. They just weren't doing anything once they got in there. And like you said, that was the problem and why they had a 17.3% efficiency throughout the year. Like, that's not good. Not good at all. Thankfully, the Florida Panthers have a terrible penalty kill, so... Thumbs yes, up. exactly. That's going to eventually transition into us getting into uh, the, the our expectations based on the the Panthers' skill set. But for the Islander, I think you hit it perfectly when you talked about why they they struggled towards the end of the game and maybe not so much on the first two. 
I agree with you in the sense that I didn't notice the super dump or like any issues getting into the zone. It was just once they got in, it was almost like, okay, now what? And there was a lot of moving around the perimeter and just almost silly passes in a, or un- unnecessary passes where they could have maybe elected to shoot a little bit more or at least get things moving towards the net instead of around the perimeter. How are they going to know the shoot when no one's in the crowd, Matt? How are they going to know? No one's. They didn't record that one for this. The, and even then, that the sound isn't being pumped into the arena. That's just That's up right. into our ears from the TV. Um, yeah, they, they need to to shoot more frequently. I understand they don't have one of those lethal snipers out there. Uh, but if you shoot, you will score, right? Like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take for a reason, for a good this goddamn reason. This is very true. Both uh, Wayne Gretzky and Michael Scott said that. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so do you want to like transition from that into lineup decisions going into the play-in round? Or do you want to talk about the Florida game, maybe? Maybe preface what happened with Florida and then talk about the, the, the roster or lineup. Yeah, let's talk about the, the what we saw from Florida in their tune-up game with the Tampa Bay Lightning because uh, it wasn't pretty from their end, Mitch. 5 nothing loss is not good at all. <laughs> No, and uh, Bobrovsky was in net for all five of the goals. Um, he had, I, I believe it was an 853 save percentage, uh, so not great, obviously. Not all of them were his fault, but still, that that is brutal. They looked disjointed. They didn't look, they didn't know what they were doing, it seemed, defensively, and which is a terrible negative, and yes, it's only an exhibition game, but if there's any silver lining for the Florida Panthers is that Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Eggblad weren't playing and should play against the Islanders. That's their top pair. So that's like take off, take out, sorry, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock from the New York Islanders and see what happens. We'd be probably better than what the um, than what the Florida Panthers did because then we have at least another three competent defensive pairings. They did not seem to have that. They were all over the place. They didn't know what they were doing, where they were going. Uh, they don't. They didn't look ready defensively. And and mm. if it's if that is because they don't have Uyghur and Ekblad, that makes sense. But Uyghur and Ekblad don't play 60 minutes. 25, maybe 30 at best. Like, Thomas Shabbat doesn't play 30 minutes. Pretty damn close, but that's still another half of the game where they're not there and plenty of time to do a lot of damage, even if you're the New York Islanders. No, exactly, and that, that's a great point. And I that was my biggest takeaway as well, is that I know, I know it's a cliche, though, they didn't— they didn't get off the bus or they didn't look ready, whatever you whatever you want to say. But but it was true. It, and I, I know Tampa's in a different stratosphere than the Islanders. Like, let's not pretend they're on the same level. But when you looked at what Florida looked like in that game, they very much so looked like they haven't played a game in five months. Yeah, like, yes, the Tampa Bay Lightning have a ton more talent on paper than the New York Islanders do. But that talent should have won that game probably two at best, 3 nothing. At best. Probably 2 nothing. The Kucherov power play goal, that's going in no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe maybe that last one. Or, or sorry, maybe the, the, the first Bra- uh, Braden Point goal, which mm-hmm. was still a, a cuck-up by the def- defense, right? They just threw it into the slot, and he's like, all right. Or no, sorry. They couldn't clear the front of the net, and he just kind of like dipsy-doodle around Bobrovsky, like just hung out to dry completely. Yeah. But from there, Bobrovsky didn't play the angle in the second goal. The defense just crowded their goalie, and he couldn't see it on the third one. And the fourth one, that was a power play goal, and I forget the fifth one exactly. So like 
it should have been a 2 nothing game just based off of Tampa's talent. But the score ended up 5 nothing because it was in the defensive end for Florida. It was just a circus. Right, and that could very well be a problem for them because they, during the regular season, let in a, a ton of goals. They were bleeding mm-hmm. goals. Now, their strength is obviously their their offense. We We know that for a fact, but they are brutal in the defensive end and you could tell why they finished in the bottom half of the league in in goals against exactly so that that could play that that should play into the islanders favor and again like i said on the pk they are also terrible i think they have like the bot not the bottom rank but like near the bottom rank for uh penalty kill efficiency in the league right i know since we saw them in december they're like 26th i wouldn't imagine it's too far from that i would say even like 20th overall probably on the pk uh, not good, not good at all. So yeah, the Islanders in their quality over quantity approach can make stuff happen because they will get the quality chances against the Florida Panthers. Exactly, which I guess could kind of lead us into the discussion of the matchup and what the Islanders and the Florida Panthers series could look like. Actually, before we do that, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into the preview. So coming up next, we're going to get into breaking down the Islanders and the Panthers and what we could expect. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 154. Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. We're going to get into what to expect in the Islanders and Panthers series. And I wrote about it today, Mitch, but I think this is where I want to start with the conversation Facing Sergei Bobrovsky is probably the best thing for this Islanders offense right now. And I know you could pro- you could make the case, well, oh, well, the Islanders offense isn't great, so wouldn't that be good for Bobrovsky to get his confidence back? I would argue that based on the whole sample size of the season and Bobrovsky's sample size in his career in the playoffs, the Islanders are more likely to get to him than he is to get to the Islanders. And... If you get one or two early in that game and the Islanders play their style defensively, that should be enough to get it done. So I think that from the offensive perspective of the Islanders, this is exactly the kind of wake-up call that they need. Yeah, and usually when you talk about goalies and trying to find their confidence, the one thing any goalie or any analyst or talking head will say about a goalie is that if they get enough, they need shots, right? The more shots they get, the more comfortable they'll get. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing the New York Islanders don't really do? It's shoot the damn puck. They're, they're not a shooting team. Again, quality over quantity. So Bobrovsky isn't going to find himself getting shelled with pucks. Although maybe, but that would be a, a wild departure from what the New York Islanders have done over the last two years. Correct. So I, I, I'm with you. If they can get one or two by him, at least in game one, oh man. Well, sorry, if they can get one, if they can score the first goal, they're good. They're good. Yeah, I think so too. It's kind of like the floodgates thing where you get one and then the the confidence starts coming. And again, that's another hockey cliche or sports cliche. I get it. But it's it's kind of the truth in this in this situation or this instance with the Islanders and Bobrovsky because like I, like I mentioned, he hasn't had a great year. Obviously, he was good and that got him his big payday. He is the second highest paid goalie behind Carey Price. But he ranked 51st out of 54 qualifying goalies in goals against, and it was like 47th in save percentage. He was arguably a bottom 5 to 10 goalie in the league this year. 
900 save percentage, 323 goals against average this year, getting paid $10 million, and this is year one of seven. Woof. Woof. Right. <laughs> now, obviously, he could he could potentially turn that around and, and you know, uh, next year and stuff like that. But The two Vezina trophies on his, on his trophy case tell you he can, right? Exactly, of course. But this year, like, I don't expect, and I, and I know the, again, five months ago was the last time the regular season was played. I, I get that. You can maybe make the case that this is essentially like a new season. But yeah. I don't, am I crazy here to, to believe that I don't think it's just going to turn on like a light switch for him right now? Like suddenly he's going to remember, oh my God, I'm a 950 save <laughs> percentage goalie in this series. Uh, it's possible, right? And if anyone can do it, he's one of those guys, right? Because again, two Vezina trophies and... Did he not win a heart trophy as well? I don't know if he won it, but he finished in the top like three of a heart trophy. Let me let me correctly. find out here. Yeah, let me bring it, it up on Hockey Reference. He has not won a heart a, a heart trophy. Finished top five, top three, uh, twice top in, the, in the years yeah. where he won the Vezina. So like, he's a pretty damn good goalie and can be a pretty damn good goalie. Will he turn it on right now? Mm, it's hard to tell. Um, he didn't look unlikely. like the type of guy who like turned it on the other day against Tampa, right? Like. If any time's the time, that would be it. You would think uh, so. Yeah. Because, like, that second goal, again, that, that point scored, right? Like, he backed up way too fast, gave him all kinds of net, mm-hmm. and point had was like, all right, I guess I'll just put this one top corner, or, or I'll pick my corner, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it did not look good, whereas Andre Vasilevsky looked absolutely st- solid in net, no problems whatsoever. So, like, of course, there's something, there's a difference there. No, definitely. So that's definitely one area where I think the Islanders could take advantage. And we hinted at it earlier as well, their penalty kill. So the as we know, the Islanders power play, not good. Mitch said it, 17%. It was brutal. It was really bad. But on the flip side, again, if there's any team for you to get it going against, it's the Florida Panthers because their penalty killing was atrocious this year, Mitch. It was. I'm just trying to find the, the stat here exactly. It was 20th overall. Man, I'm good sometimes. Sometimes I can remember some things. Sometimes <laughs> I can't. Like, my wife is flabbergasted when I can say, like, oh, the Florida Panthers finished with the 20th ranked power penalty kill with a 78.8% percentage. And she'd go, like, how do you remember that, but you can't remember to pick out mayonnaise on your way up? Sorry. <laughs> just, just some things yeah, that just I- don't stick. They just don't stick. I believe me, I am the exact same way. You are preaching to the choir, buddy. Anyway, so 78.8% efficiency on the penalty kill by the Florida Panthers. It was worse as of December, so in the second half, uh, than it was in the first half. So that that 78.8 is um, being floated, if you want to say, uh, mm-hmm. based on, on the start of the year. So, like, that, yeah, this is the time, right? Like, this is the time. What they did on that first power play, they being the Islanders, what they did on that first power play needs to happen time and time again against the Florida Panthers because they will find the opportunities and, God damn it, take them, take them. Yeah, that, definitely. That If they look like they did in the first two power plays, then I think you could get to them eventually. I'm not saying you're going to have, like, 100% efficiency or anything like that, but no, you might finish the series with a reasonable efficiency on the power play. 20% is all I ask for. 20%. Yeah. That'd be nice. That mean, you score, what, one one of those five? If the Islanders scored on one of their five power plays, you'd sign up for that, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Like a 20% efficiency is fine, but like they're not even doing that right now. So that's a problem. No, that absolutely is a problem. So those are definitely two areas where it looks like the Islanders could take advantage of their strength. But what if we talk about their forward group, Florida's forward group? Because that's obviously their biggest strength so what 
from that is concerning for you? Barkov, Uberdo, they have depth, right? Like they have mm-hmm. depth, not only as like elite level players, they have two of them, right? And again, those two guys that I just mentioned, but they have a number of players that can put goals in, right? Like they have five or four 20 goal scorers and a fifth. Uh, I think that's Brett Connolly, who was 19, who would have been a 20 goal scorer by the end of the year. No, no questions asked. Um, that's five guys that can put 20 pucks in the net in a year, at least, um, that's a lot to worry about because it's not just like, well, we can shut down one guy and we'll be fine. That's not how it works. But if there's any team that can shut down a deep offensive team, it's the New York Islanders. One one of the teams, like the, I don't know, the, the Dallas Stars are probably another good example. Um, but we saw them do that last year against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who's another deep, deep team of like, not even just good talent, of elite, like franchise level talent in, um, what do you call him? Sidney Crosby. I forgot his name for a second. And Evgeny Malkin. <laughs> That that's other that schmuck, um, like those guys are top level players, and we shut them down. At, at least Crosby, he had one goal, or sorry, one assist, I think it was, in four games in the playoffs last year, and we shut down Artemi Panarin again, a hard trophy nominee this year with like a bajillion points. Right. If we can do that to Panarin, we can do that to Barkov. So while they do have talent, I I would suspect that the Islanders aren't shaking in their boots looking at it. No, and they had. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six guys finished with over 40 points, which is, I mean, it's pretty nice, but they had a bunch of goals from Mike Hoffman and Dadanov, man. 29 from Hoffman, 25 from Dadanov. That's a pretty nice year in 69 games. That And that's, but again, we're not talking about uh, Barkov. We're not talking about even what, what Trocek did, right? Because they traded Trocek at the trade deadline. Yeah, he had 36 points for them in 55 games. That's pretty damn good, right? Like, yeah. you'd sign up for that. Uh, so, like, yeah, man, they, they are deep. They, and, and, of course, Trojak isn't there anymore. But, like, they're deep, and they, they are well-drilled by a good coach. It's just, it's not, I don't think it's working out for them necessarily. So, sorry, sorry. To talk about the Islanders in regards to the Florida Panthers, the one thing that the Islanders have to worry about offensively is that you can shut down one player, but they've got a, a bunch of other guys that can still score. With that being said, the Islanders have the depth to shut those guys down, right? We've seen the fourth line shut down top-tier players. They can mm-hmm. do that again. We have Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, who's also a shutdown player. Brock Nelson's a pretty damn good shutdown defense, uh, center. And that we're not even talking about our D yet. So, like, I- I'm not too worried about us keeping some of their guys quiet. They're going to score, um, but it's not going to be as bad. I-, I-, I don't think that we have to worry too, too much about it. No, like, I don't think this is turning into, like, these games are going to be, like, 5-4 games every night. That's mm. just that's not going to happen. I don't think so. No. <laughs> maybe maybe there's a clunker in the mix where in one of the games they go uh, Florida goes off and puts up like four plus goals. But I really don't see this turning into a series where there's going to be a ton of offense. No, I, I just I keep thinking about the Florida Panthers and I go, all right, well, we can shut down Barkov. We could shut down Uberdo. But, like, the last time that we faced the Florida Panthers in the playoffs, it wasn't Barkov. It wasn't Huberto that was killing us. It was Riley Smith. That's remember right. Riley Smith? He mm. was such a pain in the back end. He was yep. constantly, not just being a, a, annoying, he was scoring goals constantly. Like, they have guys like that. Again, Brett Conley could be that guy. Noah Sherry could be that guy. Like, they have guys that can step up out of nowhere and just, like, oh, I'm going to put up a goal every other game. Lulz. So... I, I could just see one of those guys, like I say now, like, oh, we don't have to worry about anything. And then Nola Shieri comes in and, like, scores every other game. Right. Yeah, it's 
That's the scary part is that, yes, they have a lot of high-end talent, but maybe it's not one of those guys that we just went down the list and talked about. It could be that you know second or third line guy who, who steps up and, and pots in like three goals in two games, and you're like, well, shoot, now what? <laughs> Where the hell did Lucas Walmart come from? Yeah, I mean, that that's really what it could be, though. Matt or Eric Halla, right? Two guys that they got for Vincent Trocek from Carolina. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm maybe too smugly confident that we can shut down their offense. I don't know. I don't know if smug is the right word for it, though. I appreciate that. <laughs> I wouldn't say smug. I don't. I wouldn't say smug. I, I, I think Islanders fans should be confident. I feel confident going into this series. If we can shut down Panarin, if we can shut down Crosby, we can shut down their guys. They're great players, but I would say those two other guys are better than the two guys on the Florida Panthers. Two, the two best guys, I should say. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'd agree. So, do we want to talk about the lineup? Yeah, let's talk about the lineup for the Islanders and then get into predictions for players and then predictions on the series and stuff like that. So, with the Islanders lineup, the whole story all along, for the most part, has been... Who's going to be the last forward? And the last forward meaning the other player on the third line. And Ross Johnston played a little bit yesterday. I, I really don't think it's going to be him on the third line, though. I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, he played, so he must be the first choice. I would argue that he's not. I, I would say that it's this was his game to prove he deserves to play. Right. And so because I, I believe that Barry Trotz is like, it's Tom Kunakel's spot. You've got to show me and I'm giving you a showcase because I think you can take it. Uh, show me you, you can you you can take it and you could you deserve it. And I don't think he did. It's not to say he played badly, but I don't think that he unseated Tom Kunakel for that last spot. No, I'm with you on that. I think Kunakel gets that last spot and that line ends up being Kunakel, Pajot, Broussard. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Although... Let's throw one wrench in here. Sure. Barry Trotz talked about running an 11 by 7 uh, grouping. So that's 11 forwards, 7 defensemen. Mm -hmm. Looking at the ice time that the defense had in the game against the, um, I keep wanting to say Florida Panthers, but it's going to be the New York Rangers. The the eight guys he put out there, you look at their ice time, and it was all between 12 and 15 minutes. Um, Dobson at 12.24 is the lowest, and Mayfield had the most at 15.51. See, again, I can remember times, time of ice for eight different players from yesterday, but I can't remember to bring up That's like a nuts. pop to make drinks <laughs> with dinner. Ridiculous. Uh, priorities, right? Um, so like he he was balancing his lineup and he's rolling, like we constantly say about the Islanders, they roll four forward lines. Well, mm-hmm. Barry Trotz is rolling four defensive lines yesterday. Right. Uh, so he could roll seven guys and keep those guys fresh. Because if there's anything that the Islanders rely on most, it's defense. And if they can keep their defense fresh, and again, one guy hasn't played for seven months, true. If they can keep Very him true. fresh, why wouldn't he do that? Uh, it's not It's not the craziest thing. It's really not the craziest thing. Um, I don't know how high I'd put the percentage on that happening, but it would be playing into the Islanders' strength. Because, I mean, let's face it, would you rather have... Noah Dobson in the lineup, or would you rather have a Kunakul or Johnson? I would argue that Noah Dobson's probably more impactful than one of those two guys. Right. Like, are you willing to give Noah Dobson maybe 15 minutes of ice time instead of nine and a half minutes of ice time for Ross Johnson? And I, I know that doesn't necessarily work out the, the same way uh, mathematically because one's a defense, one's a forward, but 
if you can put 15 minutes and and spread out the minutes on the defense and kind of maybe give a few more minutes here and there you look at the ice time for forwards and yeah okay um Brock Nelson had 20 minutes and I believe Matthew Barzal was pretty pretty close but after that it, it falls down it falls down pretty quick so you, right. you can prop up other players to give them a little bit more time like Matt Martin with 10 minutes you would imagine he'd probably get a few more uh if there wasn't that 12 forward around uh, so like they can get more out of their lineup if they don't put Ross Johnston in than if they keep him, and I I'm pretty sure that's the exact point you were making, right? Yes, no, okay. definitely. Sorry. I, I would, yeah, I would argue that was that... me just trying to understand verbally. No, that's <laughs> we're talking through it. No, we're talking through it. That's exactly what that's a pod. We're doing a podcast, Mitch. That's exactly what podcasts Wait, are for. What? <laughs> no, but that I agree. With, we're on the same page because I, I would argue that. Noah Dobson at adding, like you said, playing 15 minutes is probably on the high end. It's probably going to be somewhere between 12 and 15, I would assume. But it, that would be more valuable in my eyes than, yeah, what? At most, you're getting nine minutes from Ross Johnston. At mo- He's not hitting double digits. There's no way. No. Uh, maybe, maybe. He could, right? Like he's done it a few times in the year when he's playing top line with Matthew Barzell. Um uh, but it doesn't seem like Barry Trotz to roll him out 15 minutes a night. That's just not going to no. happen. No. Uh, but if he, you don't put him in, then who, just other players have to step in and gobble those minutes up, right? Like we said. And that that's possible to do. But then you're not rolling four lines. And you're also not rolling a cohesive three pairing, right? Because then you got to split guys off. And then when they're going out, it's like, oh, I don't have Boychuk on my right. I got Dobson. Or I don't have... I don't know, maybe if it's Green instead of Dobson. I don't have Letty, I've got Dobson. And like you get into those matchups where on the back end, coaches like to keep it steady in most sports, right? True. Football, both footballs, they like their defensive line to stay the same. They want that stability because there's no creativity in defense, right? Like there's no art or there's an art in defending, but it's not like, oh, let me get hyper creative and artistic with my defending. No, it's usually that you have the line. This is what you do. This is how you do it. This is where your positioning is. And there it's, it's done. Um, they don't like to go and, and rock the boat with like, let's throw wild combinations out on the fly. Coaches hate doing that. So when you add a seventh defenseman, you have to do that. That That's the whole point of adding a seventh defenseman. So now you're not running three cohesive, I mean, not cohesive pairing, but three pairings with a balanced um, ice time. And you're not rolling four lines at a balanced line, uh, balanced ice time either. So, like, that throws the, the whole, like, chakra of the Islanders, if I could use that word, out, out the window. That's the only reason I don't think he does an 11 by 7. Just because then he can't do what he normally does and what is, like, the backbone of how the Islanders operate. Right. Yeah, that's, I, that's a good argument against doing it, I would say. And that makes, again, that makes logical sense for it. Like you said, you want to keep things as simple as possible on the back end and, and maybe adding in an extra defenseman kind of messes things up slightly. It does. Like you can give, if you feel you're going to get a lot of penalties, I guess like then it's fine. Cause you have a lot of defenders, uh, which, which that's what they, 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 te- anyways. Um, but it does, it screws everything up when you have Noah Dobson running over the boards or jump, sorry, running over the jumping over the boards instead of Johnny Boychuk or Scott Mayfield. Uh, it it just kind of ruins the flow because you're never quite sure who you're being paired with. And while, yes, he's still a teammate, if you don't play 15 minutes with him every night, there are certain things that you're not necessarily used to, like playing the angle from behind the net, right? If I'm doing the back pass behind the net, 
is my guy going to be where I think he's going to be? And if not, that I just create a turnover because of it. And then you've got an, a defensive zone turnover. That's not what you want. No, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's, there's pros and cons to both sides. I could see both sides of the argument, which I think is what we were trying to do there. Yeah. Um, I would think we're probably more likely to see the traditional 12 forwards and the 6D. But the fact that Barry Trotz mentioned that by word, saying like he's considering it, is it's intriguing. At least he's thinking, you know, outside the box in that realm of how to optimize his lineup. Because we saw it right against the New York Rangers, and we talked, or it was talked about throughout camp. Like Noah Dobson and Andy Green are as good as just about any pair on the Islanders. So do you sit Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk, or do you sit one of those guys, or do you you bring one in to flip them around? Like. They're not looking great, but you might have to do something. You might be forced to do something if you're Barry Trotz at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's definitely going to be something to look at for Saturday and see what he decides uh, to come out with. But it's definitely, like we said, it's an interesting thought, and uh, I'm curious to see if he ends up going that route for sure. Yeah, that would be – I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, it's very possible. Sure. Want to get into some predictions? We could start maybe with just predictions for maybe certain players or expectations, and then obviously we'll get into who wins the series and how many games and stuff like that. So is there anyone or anything that's sticking out in your mind what you think is going to happen? In terms of players, um, I really think that Derek Broussard could be that X factor for the Islanders. Ooh, I don't. Okay. okay. I, I, like th- I like this already the reason i say that is because no one's expecting him to be right like no one's putting the spotlight on Derek Brassard and be like we got to look out for that guy but just because they're not looking out for him he could be that guy we saw him right in october november putting up nearly a point per game for like was it 15 16 games he, he could he can turn it on in the right situation and maybe this is the right situation at least these three games right like that's all we need we just need three games of prime Derek Brassard. that's it that's it. Can he do that? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. See, I think that JG Pajo is going to be the the X factor in this series. So I'm I'm sticking with that line, but I don't think it's going to be Broussard. And and the reason for that is he was very very good early on in the season, but he had essentially half of his production in the first 17 or 20 games of the year and did virtually nothing the rest of the way. Uh, Only had a handful of goals. Again, that was a lifetime ago. I understand that. There's also an argument, not an argument, but there's this notion that Derek Broussard's great in the playoffs. He was a very, very long time ago. The The last two times he was in the playoffs, he wasn't really all that productive. Um, I'm not saying that he definitely couldn't. I you just, clearly hate him as an individual. <laughs> no, I just if I was placing my bet on someone, if I had to pick who I think would be someone to take over the series, like that's unexpected, like not obviously like a Nelson or Barzal or Eberly or someone like that. My pick would be either uh, Pajot or Sezikis, but I'm leaning more towards JG Pajot as someone because we saw in the playoffs he has the capability of putting in multiple goals a game. Yeah, four against the Rangers, put up another hat-trick against, I forget who. He's got like two of his four hat-tricks in his career in the playoffs. or so, No, three of four in the playoffs, aren't they? I'm pretty sure it's three of his four career hat-tricks are in the playoffs. He had, he had multiple hat-tricks. He definitely had multiple hat-tricks. 
in the yeah. playoffs. No, I, I believe it was two. I think it was two of his three. Yeah, yes, it was two. He's only had three. Two of his three, four against the Rangers, um, and then three against Montreal in a six-one win back in 2013. There you go. Guy loves playing Montreal. Loves playing the Montreal Canadiens. Anyways, I digress. I get you with that. Um, I think Varley could be huge for the Islanders. I don't think he's going to steal the series like Thomas Grice did a couple of years back. Uh, I think he could steal a game, one on his own. Yeah, I think that's a that's a reasonable expectation. I agree with you on that. Um, obviously, I, last year in the first round, Leonard had like, it was like a 940 save percentage in the first round, I think. Somewhere around there, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to believe you on that. I don't remember. Well, the reason why I'm, I'm asking, what do you think his save percentage for the series is going to be? Nine twenty-two or something like that. I'm in the. I think he hits nine twenty. I think he's going to be very good in this series. Yeah, like something around that. Like it, it's playoffs already. Uh, the Islanders are a good defensive team, so like nine eighteen to nine twenty-two, something around there. Hoping it falls at nine twenty. Yeah, I think that's where he sits, which is great. That's what you want, right? Like obviously you want more, but like no one's going to be like, "Damn it, only nine twenty, you bum!" No one's going to say that, and if they do, get the hell out. No, absolutely. It's uh, that'd be a little bit of a stretch for sure. But I, I definitely think that Varley showed enough in the Rangers game for well, not only for him to get the start, obviously in this I was series. But I going to say that. Do you think he gets the start? Yeah, I yeah. De- I definitely do. It wasn't a question to me even before. I thought he was the obvious choice, but even more so after that Rangers game, I think he solidified that, and I, I think he's going to be. Good in this series. I think he outplays Bobrovsky, even though Bobrovsky's the bigger name and paid a lot more money than he is. Double. Double. Du- double. Double, which is scary. Uh, but I, I really I like that. I think that's a good call. Um, last one for me before we get into uh, series predictions is I really think we're going to notice from a defensive perspective, not from an offensive perspective, the return of Adam Pellick. Like, I don't think they're going to have – many if any clunkers like I don't expect them to there to be a game where they're allowing four goals or more no it's for me I, I want to kind of say the same thing but differently okay. I don't think we'll notice Adam Pellick and that's the positive right like you don't want to be noticing him okay. right? no I I see right that, that, that same thing we're, we're we're saying the same thing just a little differently because uh, mm-hmm. like he's not gonna like you said before put up highlight real goals or make like these crazy defensive plays. That's not his style. He just does mm-hmm. the simple things right and in, in the right position all the time. So you don't have to hear his name. That's why you don't see him out there, un- be- unless you're like just looking for the nameplate or number three plus skating around. Otherwise, you're not seeing him. Yeah, it's that. That's true. I think that's probably a better way of saying what I what I was saying because if you're not hearing Adam Pellick's name that's how you know he's having a good game it's almost like the old saying in football if you know the if you're not hearing an offensive lineman's name that's how you know he's having a good day it's because he's not getting beat by a defensive player or he's not getting a penalty or anything like that exactly 1000% agree with you I can't can't, oh man it it's great that he's back it's so great it it really is so I guess the moment everyone's been waiting for let's get into predictions who wins the series how many games Let's hear it, Mitch. Islanders in four. Okay. We have the same prediction. <laughs> I was going to say the <laughs> Islanders in four as well. Well, it's hard in a five-game series, right? Yeah. No, definitely. I don't think it's going to be a sweep, and I don't think it's going to go the distance. Uh, I definitely – I 
and picking the Islanders, I'm pretty confident in that. I think we're going to get, in the Islanders' win, like three relatively low-scoring games. And I think the one ga- I think there will be one game in this series where maybe the Panthers put up three at the most four goals and they lose like 3-1 or 4-1, something like that. Yeah, like the Islanders just haven't, aren't having a good day. Like they were jamming the day before and everyone hated uh, Jordan Eberle for playing Wonderwall and they're just mad or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then be. they lose 4-1 or something. And then he Definitely. plays, I don't know, uh, Creep by Radiohead and everyone's okay. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> they all have guitars. I play guitar. I get it. Just kind of like, they're going to be that one guy who plays the same songs at every party you've gone to. I was that guy until I got told, like, you got to stop playing the same songs all the time. Okay, I'll just put the guitar away and have a drink. How about that? That also works. That definitely <laughs> works. But I think we're both in agreement here that the expectation is the Islanders to come out winning this series, correct? Yes, absolutely. And if they don't, it's a disappointment. Uh, no, because we have a pretty damn good consolation prize, potentially. I see. Okay. I, I just want to look at it positively. Like, yes, if they lose the playoffs, uh, whatever. But you got a chance at Alexis Lafreniere. That's a game changer. Whatever if we lose. I'm not saying we have to lose, but if we do, I'm not going to be that mad. I'm really not. Okay. I gonna, I'm going to disagree in that sense because I, I my my expectation is to win this series. Depending on who they play in the next round, I don't necessarily know if that's going to be my take for the – well, this is a qualifier, whatever the first round they're going to call it. Um, the playoffs. But the, yeah, just the first round of the playoffs. Um, I – I would be I would be disappointed if they lost. I understand that they would then have the twelve and a twelve point five percent chance to get the number one overall pick, which is good. But it's hard for me to convince myself that right now. I'm very I'm amped up. I, I've been okay. waiting for five months. I don't want this to end in five games. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's fair not enough. What I'm yes, for. that's true. We wait five months for a week of hockey. That's not the greatest return. Shall we move on to the quiz, Mitch? Yes, let's do that. All right, if this is your first time listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast, first off, welcome. Second, at this point in the podcast, we like to play a game where I have a player who has played for the New York Islanders in mind. I have his name written down. He has played X number of games where X represents the number of games over 100, in this case, 54. So this player has played 54 games for the New York Islanders, and I will give you, Matt, and the listener, Five clues that get progressively easier as we go along. The fifth one's basically a gimme. I'm telling you his name, if anything. Uh, to try to guess who that player is, and hopefully you can get it before the five. Ready? Okay. Yeah, let's do it up. One. I was a ninth round pick by the New York Rangers in 1994. Next. Yeah, if you got that, just game over. I'm never going to do this again. Two. I've played 654 NHL games with 1,421 penalty minutes. Okay, next. I was with the Islanders for four years and never played more than 23 games in a single season. My last season with the Islanders was the 15-16 season. Sorry, the last season where I played an NHL game was 15-16. Okay, next. Number four, I fought Tanner Glass from the Rangers after a big hit on Ryan Strome in the 2016 preseason. I didn't play a single NHL game that year. So you know he's a fighter. 
Um, you know, he was here until 2016, 17. He was here that year. Bolton? Yes! Yes! Good Let's job! Let's go! Okay, I'll Great. take that. Because my fifth was terrible. My name is Eric, and I like bolts on... I had nothing. I had nothing as a giveaway. No, no, no quick-witted okay. thing at all. There we go. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that as a dub. You should. That's absolutely a dub. Yeah, there was no giveaway there, right? Your 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 defining clue was, or the one that gave it away, air quotes, is he fought Tanner Glass because he hit Brian Strom. That's the reason you remember. Good job by you. I'm, I'm taking that. That's a W right there. That's a huge W. So when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's going around on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what do you got for us in the social segment this week? Um, first is, I, I like to dig a little deeper, but this is not a dig deep at all. Uh, this is from Isles blog, and they tweeted out, we are officially, ellipses, wait for it, ellipses, back. And then it's Matthew Barzell doing the hair flip. Oh, just that... smoking. Just... All, all in the feels. He, I mean, I wish I was like a quarter as good looking as Matt Barzal. Like just 25%. My receding hairline already weeps just looking at his hair. <laughs> it's uh it's not fair, man. He he's a he's a good looking dude. Yeah. Uh my first one again is not really too much of a deep dive. It's from the New York Islanders official account and it says someone joined the group today. dot 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 Sorokin will wear number 30 with the Isles and it's a picture of Elis Sorokin out on the ice. It was beautiful. He's got the pads already, the white, blue, and orange pads, the helmet with the big number 30. He's going to he's gonna wear a 30, which I love. I think that's – the irony is just perfect, Mitch. It really is. Did anyone think it was going to be anything else? I saw some people saying, like, he wears 90. No, like, Lou Lamarillo threw up when he saw him wearing 90. He, no, like, this is not happening at all. He burnt the number 90 in front of him to show him it's not going to happen. <laughs> that's right. I did have – um. I for, uh, forgive me because I forget who it was on Twitter. Someone asked me if um, they think he's going to switch to number one, which I also don't think that Lou would allow. Is that I think Eddie Lou- Johnson. I think I don't know why that. name Oh, good call. Yeah, uh, that's who it is. Good oh, call. memory is on. I don't. I'm never sleeping again. My memory is at its very best because I haven't slept. <laughs> you're, this is you're at peak. My, peak my brain hasn't shut down and reset my RAM. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I, I don't think so and the reason for that is he's not a veteran like I feel like Grice can get away with that as a veteran but I I feel like in Lou's mind a goalie has to be either in the 30s or the 40s and that's it and Lou is like very much so I want to assign the young person the number because it's not an important thing like Beauvillier just showed up last year and 18 was in his locker right like that's a very Lou power move and it's not to hold power over the player in terms of power it's like I am the GM and I make the decisions for the team but it's also to show that your number doesn't matter. You're, yeah. You play for the crest on the front, not the number on the back or the name on the mm-hmm. back, right? Like, and I know a lot of people don't like it, and, and I get it. It's weird, and it's not orthodox, uh, but it, it's it, it follows a, a, an ethos and a, a set of principles, and you got You got to mm-hmm. love them for that. Definitely. So, just wanted to put that out there because seeing him actually on the ice in Islanders get up was phenomenal. Loved it. Absolutely. Uh, mine is from at NHL Becca saying summer hockey equals breaking out the Isles Hawaiian shirt in a very Ooh. not pl- not pleased face. I don't know. I, I like that Hawaiian shirt. Why not? This is perfect time to break it out. No, I, I think 
No, I think she looks good. I think she's like, it's like a half smile. I would say half smile. It's kind of like, mm, look at this thing. Come on, Becca, wear it with more pride than that. <laughs> um, last one from me comes from the, uh, where was it? I just had it and it went away. Sorry. I have two uh, more if you want and I can, you can find out. The, it's it's uh, from Andrew, Andrew Gross on Twitter. Right. I just, I scrolled down by accident. So I want to scroll back up and get who it actually was from. Biggest revelation of the Isles game so far is that Lou has okayed the playoff beards. Were you surprised that they were allowed to have a beard in the tune-up game? Yes. Yeah, I was too. I thought, you know, obviously in, I feel like the qualifying round would count. Like Sunday, the real deal, like that's when, sure, you could do playoff beard and stuff like that. But I was surprised that he was lenient for the tune-up game. Yeah, like... Uh, maybe his thing was like, well, the season is over, so I don't care anymore, right? Like, the, the regular season is done. This is maybe not playoffs, but it's technically, so, like, I'm not going to go go against it if you want to start growing it now. So I, I think that's what it was. His principle is not in the regular season, and this is not regular season. So it fits right in the, like, clear 1-0 Lula Morello world. So that works. Um, mine here is from NHL and NBC. Ooh. And it says, hi, Brock. And it's waving in a picture of a lobster. <laughs> They're playing soccer in the tunnel at the air at the Scotiabank Center. I still want to call it Air Canada Center. Um, and it's not just because of that. It's all the comments afterwards. Where's Pelic? Um, <laughs> how many more of, of Pelic here? Uh, I hope Pelic is benched for this game of soccer. Pelic, please don't hurt your Achilles. Hope Pelic is sitting that one out. <laughs> Someone keep Pelic far away. Right, everyone oh. is worried that Adam Pellick is joining in. Uh, he was very much not. I, I can't tell everyone, but Brock, uh, Matt Martin, Devin Taze, Anthony Bovillier, and I can't tell the other two gentlemen, uh, mainly because it's dark and they're wearing masks. Good job, good job wearing masks, boys. By the way, yes, that's that's good, and I love that people are getting on Adam Pellick to stay away. That's good, good sense of humor about it. Absolutely. Uh, and my last one here, uh, <clears throat> we have to pay the troll toll at some point. Uh, that Julie Stewart Binks. I think you're oh, aware of who she yes, is. Yes. The crowd noise for an Islanders game goal with no fans is louder than with fans. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, in, in a world full of negativity, this is the one person who decided to toss that one out. Come on. Really? Please. That, that was tough. Especially because it wasn't a good joke. It wasn't. It very much was not. It was. I'm not like. You want to make a joke about the the Barclays Center? Fine, overplayed, but fine. I'll give you that. But just the crowd not being into it at an Islanders game is a not just not. It's not a good joke. If you, I'm fine with zingers and stuff like that. All about chirps. Love chirping. The king of chirping over here. That's all I do is chirp people. But at least be good at it. Have a funny joke. That was that was a swing and a miss from uh, Julie, unfortunately. Right? Like, you can hear, like, oh, it sounds like the five Islanders showed up today. There you go. That, or, sorry, the five Islander fans showed up in the crowd today. That's funny. That's funny. It, it's it's a low blow, but it's funny. We have the second the second lowest attendance in the league. All right? We get it. But, like, come on, man. This is a, this is a bad joke. But I, I wanted to put it out there. No, that's completely fine. I have one more quick one for you. So this is from uh, John Lane, who covers the NHL. And he said that Ledecky also shared a conversation with Alex Ovechkin while at a wedding. The 
Capitals captain told him Nassau Coliseum is his favorite building because he could feel the energy and fans. And then Ledecky would go on to say, we're going to take that energy and transport it over to UBS Arena. But just love that someone like Alex Ovechkin is saying how much he feeds off the Coliseum crowd, which is apropos to talk about right after you just said the uh, the Julie quote. So, um yeah, Alex Ovechkin disagrees. Yeah, exactly, right? So, sorry, the best player, one of the best players in the league and the best goal scorer ever to play the game thinks otherwise. Lulz. You're boring. <laughs> You're boring. <laughs> You're boring. So, uh, let's get a couple of plugs in here before we close this thing out. You know I have to do it. So, uh, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Games are back, so we'll be breaking down each and every game in the qualifying round in a post-game podcast, so definitely going to want to head over and check that out. Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Five bucks a month gets you post-games, a mailbag show, and so much more. It's a lot of fun over there, so definitely going to want to check that out. Uh, social media, you can follow along with us at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY, and Mitch is at TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles is an, also another place where you can find our content. Uh, you can download our app, available on iPhone or Android, the Eyes on Isles app. And, of course, if you wish, visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders' needs. It's been good It's been good to be back, buddy. It's great that hockey's back, and I can't wait for more. Absolutely. We're really excited about it, and uh, hopefully next week we are having a podcast and talking about how excited we are about the games that were played. That would be... Uh, <laughs> Real sweet. That'd be real fun. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us on episode 154. Thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with us all throughout the break. We really appreciate it. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.